Live from the Tech Talk Studios hey. in the nation's capital and the heartland of America. It's Tech Talk. You know what? It's Friday. It's time for Tech Talk, your favorite show of the week. I'm Brad Cost, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Jay, coming from sunny Florida here in Oklahoma, it's cold here today. Let me tell you, it is beautiful here. It is 75 degrees. It's a little cloudy, but it's 75 degrees, Brad, oh, and I'm man. pretty pumped to be here. You know, I'm going to be here doing this mastermind event with Kevin Christie, his modern chiropractic Facebook uh, marketing group. Like He's... Um, He's killing it. He's doing such a great job delivering a lot of value. And I, I'm so blessed and fortunate to be down here to, to speak to the group today. So, I mean, tomorrow, it's tomorrow. Well, it's kind of today, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm super excited. I'm glad to be here. I've seen the promos for that. It looks like you're really excited to do that. A lot of people talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kevin is a leader in our field and he does a great job and he always puts people first and that's why he's been so successful. So I'm, I'm just privileged to be here. That's great. That's great. Well, today on Tech Talk, we've got a great guest, a real professional, yes, real executive uh, in the communications field, uh, author, a great yes. guy. Best-selling best author. <laughs> the best-selling author. Why don't you take the reins here. Introduce Ian and let's get started. It would be my pleasure. So today our very, very, very special guest is Ian Altman. And I've known Ian, God, now for maybe 12, 15 years. I don't even know. But Ian is a best-selling author, wrote an amazing book that we've used in our practice called Same Side Selling. He is a world-class speaker. Like, I can't even ask him how much his fees are because that hurts my bank account. Like, I feel so expensive. Like, but I mean, the dude is crushing it. He's like on large stages in front of Fortune 500. Fortune 100 companies. Um, he is world-class at what he does, uh, but most importantly, he's just a really awesome dude. So I am super excited that you gave us a little bit of your time today, Ian, so that you could share your secrets and your stories. So welcome, my friend. Hey, you know what? It's great to be here, and I just know there's no way I'm going to live up to the expectations that you just set. <laughs> so I'm just going to I'm just going to log out now and disconnect <laughs> because I can't meet that expectation now. It's like, oh yeah, Not at and, all. and he's standing on water as he's giving this talk right now it's crazy <laughs> that's right he turns water into wine every day exactly and it's aged i don't know how he does it <laughs> it's perfectly aged exactly. like a french bordeaux exactly. um so ian it's so great to have you here and, and you know god we've, we i've been blessed to know you for a very long time um do me a favor tell the audience a little bit about like what you do how you got into speaking on these massive stages and and writing the book like, tell us about that that journey for us please sure well and, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background which is i started my first company in 1993. we became wow. a fast 50 company by 1988 so one of the 50 fastest growing companies in washington dc area um, an organization that approached us to buy my company. So we, my, my own company, we, we were an IT consulting company. We became a software company. This other company acquired us, they asked me to become managing director of the parent company. At the time, the value of the combined companies was about $100 million. Wow. I ran the parent company then as managing director. We grew the value from $100 million to about $2 billion in just over three years. Insane. I wasn't spending the time I wanted to with my wife, with my family and thought, why am I still doing this? I'm kind of burned out. I guess kind of burned out is an understatement. I was burned out. And <laughs> and 
I just said, okay, I'm going to do nothing. And my wife, who we've been happily married for about 24 years, it's almost our 25th anniversary, but there's a week or two intermixed and all that, you know, that, that, you know, she, she's had enough of me. So, you know, <laughs> so I, you, you got to discount a little bit from that. And she's like, you need something else to do. And one of my buddies said, why don't you help other companies grow? And I'm like, what do you mean? Because it never occurred to me that people needed help in that area. And so for the last 14, 15 years, I've been doing that. And this is the blast. Now, the book, Same Side Selling, I co-wrote with a guy who you know, Jay, a guy mm -hmm. named Jack Quarles. And for people who don't know, with a last name like Quarles, you can probably guess that he spent two decades in purchasing and procurement. So he's on that side <laughs> of that buyer-seller dynamic. And what we did is wrote a book that talks about the adversarial traps that pit buyer and seller against one each other, almost like in a death match. And instead, we talk about how do you get on the same side. So metaphorically, you're putting a puzzle together with your client, patient, whatever term you want to use, rather than being in an adversarial position where you're trying to convince them of something. Instead, you're showing up as someone who's there to solve, not sell. God, I love it. I mean, I'm fortunate, Brad, because I had Ian come and speak to our company. Oh, really? He, he, cut, he cut off a couple of zeros for, you know, the cost. He was, he was <laughs> very generous to us. But it was amazing. I mean, we had people like our team taking pictures with Ian, with the book. It was, it was phenomenal. But the messaging is what is so powerful and so important. So, um, Ian, you know, talk to us a little bit about kind of the mechanics of same-side selling. It is about solving the customer's problems, but what are steps that chiropractors and or businesses that serve the chiropractic industry, what are some of the steps they can take besides reading the book, which is a must read, by the way, it is a must read, but like, what are some of the things that they could start thinking about as it relates to same-side selling? Well, one of the traps that people fall into, whether it's someone who's trying to sell into the chiropractic industry, or it's a chiropractic office who's trying to sell their services and promote it to patients, referral sources, etc. is that too often we focus on ourselves. Mm. We, we suffer from what I like to call, it's a new form of ADD, it's axis displacement disorder. That's where the person doing the selling believes the axis of the earth has shifted and now the world <laughs> revolves around them. And so everything they talk about is, well, we do this and we do this and we do that, instead of looking at it as, how do clients, how do our patients make decisions? Well, I've done research with over 10,000 people around the world on how people make and approve decisions. And it's fascinating because no matter how big of an organization it is, whether it's an individual, whether it's a multi-billion dollar multinational, they ask the same three questions. And the three questions they ask are, what problem does this solve? Why do I need it? And what's the likely result or outcome? What that means is that when you're speaking to a patient, when you're speaking to a referral source, the first thing you have to understand is, what problems do I solve for them? Because if you walk in and say, hey, you should refer to my practice because we just opened up this practice down the street, I'd love to get referrals from your patients. The other person's thinking, well, why should I do that? But instead, if you said, well, oftentimes when I talk to, let's say it's a general physician's office, when I talk to a physician's office, they tell me they're frustrated because when they send someone for a referral, they either don't get a full evaluation, the patient doesn't feel well, well cared for, the referring physician doesn't get a good report back, so they can't yeah. follow up with the patient, and it creates yeah. this horrible experience. Is that anything that you're facing? And now they go, oh yeah, I'm facing that. Well, you know, look, I don't want you to refer everyone. What I'd love for you to do is be comfortable <laughs> enough that you could refer one or two patients 
And then based on that experience, if that goes well, then maybe you're comfortable referring more people to us. And now what happens is they're like, oh yeah, I do hate when other people don't do that. Now, here's the tip. You can't then screw it up because if they refer business to you and now you do the same thing that they hated, that's a problem. There's a whole formula that I teach people on how you can ask questions about their existing vendor to find out what makes you stand out. And then there's all sorts of things that we can do to make it so that people can see the difference between our practice and another practice. And it's the same holds true if someone's trying to sell products or services into a chiropractic practice, it's the same thing, which is you can yeah. either walk in and say, here are our products, or it's like you would introduce me to this great massage gun from the guys at a Hyperice, this Hypervolt, which I yeah. believe when it's not being used as a massage gun is used to break up concrete. The thing is like amazingly <laughs> powerful. But it's um you know, it's like it accidentally turned on and worked its way through the floor of my car. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's it's fantastic. But if I was them, what I would do is say, look, a lot of times people have these massage guns and it just seems like when they put too much pressure, the, the gun stops, the patients don't feel like they get enough progress, and then it leaves them frustrated, and they're reluctant to come back to follow the protocol. Well, now the chiropractic office says, whoa, hold on, let me see if I get this straight. So if I buy this gun, I'm more likely to get that repeat business of those clients coming back in, those patients coming in on a recurring basis to follow through with their treatment protocol rather than the ones who don't. Well, now it's worth getting. If you just came in and said, we have a massage gun that's more powerful than other people, what you're relying on is the, is the chiropractor to say, is that a problem for me? I don't think right. it's that big of a problem. Well, even if it is, it's probably not costing me that much because they're not connecting the dots. When you connect those dots, that's when it makes a difference. Man, I just I just love this. I always get it. I always get so excited to talk to you, Ian, because I get to learn so much. We we've, we've got some things in the in the hopper, and I'm I'm thinking to myself as I'm listening to you. Literally, I'm like, oh my god, Jen and I are going to listen to this podcast again <laughs> because it's like it, you know, and I've you know heard you talk so many times, and you do an amazing job on stage. But you know, sometimes we just need repetition as human beings, and it's just great to hear this again. So thank you. Sure. You know what? It's it's all it's all about th topics and things that will be helpful for the people listening. And, and in yep. this case, it happens to be you. But hopefully, yeah. it's helpful for other people also, Jay. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, Ian, tell me a little bit about um, your your experience as it relates to speaking on these large stages. I mean, listen, man, you're like you're the shit, and. I mean, you don't act like it. I mean, that's what's also amazing about it. You're super humble. But like, what is it like to be on stage in front of like a major company? Because, and I know that there's expectations from the people that hire you. Like they're spending a shit ton of money on you. And they're, what is that whole experience like? Well, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. The, the way I look at it, and it's a way that I think can help everybody be comfortable when they're speaking on stage. Most people who don't have a lot of experience speaking on stage, their first thought when they go on stage is, oh my God, the X hundreds, X thousands of people are gonna be watching me, that's gonna be nerve wracking. And the reality is, no one really cares about you. <laughs> what, they're, what they're thinking is, what am I gonna get out of this session? So when you step on stage, if you think to yourself, well, what kind of impact can I have on the people in this audience? One of the things that I do is I spend a lot of time looking at who's in the audience. I'll often survey audiences in advance that says, what are the biggest issues you're facing in this area, this area, that area? 
And then I'll get on stage and say, well, we surveyed you when 83% of you said that this was the number one topic. 78% said this, right? 68% of you said this. Guess what? Those are the three topics I'm talking about today. And now everyone's dialed in. And the notion of it's it's kind of funny because from an ego standpoint, there's a great feeling in stepping on a stage when there's thousands of people there and they're they're playing your walk-up music and there's like, you know, it, I mean, when you're speaking at an event when there's thousands of people, it's not like they it's not like somebody cheaped out on the stage. So it's always right. like this amazing custom stage and lighting and you know, you're not worried about the technology working because there's 75 people working there to make it happen you just have to deliver in a way that's going to make it make a difference for the audience and it's funny because when places will book speakers oftentimes they'll say well and we've limited the slot to to half hour because in the past we had speakers and you know just after a half hour just you know it's tough to keep people engaged <laughs> my answer is always like well, who did you have? Because it's, if, 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 if basically if people were tuning out after a half hour, you probably didn't have anybody that great as opposed to, uh, I remember I was, I was speaking at an event and it was about 2,500 people and we had this whole discussion. They wanted to speak for 30 minutes. I explained to them, hey, let's go at least 45 minutes. And the organizer, after I, after I spoke, she shows me this thread of text from the CEO starting at about 20 minutes into my talk. And, the, and the, the texts were, well, is there a way we can message him so he keeps going? Let's just bump the speaker after him. And she's, and, and she's texting back, she's like, I, I can't post a message that says, hey, can you double the length of your prepared talk um, for that? And I can't, and she's like, and I can't tell the other speaker, hey, we don't need you anymore, because the guy's in the green room waiting to go on stage. But it's just, oh, I mean, God. that's the part that's fun for me is when when I see people taking notes. I've seen people yeah. where they take out a pen and they're writing their notes on a cloth napkin at an event. And I'm just yeah. thinking, okay, yeah. we moved the needle for that guy because yeah. they're, they're taking the time to take notes on that. Or you get someone where all of a sudden they stand up and they walk and they grab like a paper napkin from the back and they're, and they're and a stack of them. They're just taking notes. I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, now we made a difference because... There are two different types of speakers. There are speakers who are just pure, for lack of a better term, entertainment or storytellers. Like, and it's their story that you're hearing that is entertaining and engaging and hopefully it gives you some broader message. For me, I'm more of what they call a content speaker, which is my job is to entertain, engage, people are having a great time, but they should leave with actionable stuff that can move the needle for their business. Yep. And I would say if you're looking for the former, you can save a lot of money by getting a magician or a juggler because people <laughs> will be entertained and those people don't charge that much. You know, Jay, that's oh why God, they that's like so you and I at our classes is because you're the one that's the content. I'm the juggler. You know, it's just that's the way it goes. <laughs> No, man, you, you deliver great content, brother. Listen, I, I guys, know we got to take a break. We yeah, do. Brad. We need to take a quick break, guys. Uh, this that, that time goes by really quick. Thank you for joining us. We're here today talking with Mr. Ian Altman, co-host Dr. Jay Greenstein, and I'm Brad Cost. This is Tech Talk. Come on back. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dave Klein, co-founder and director of business development for PayDC, the chiropractic industry's leading developer of cloud-based integrated practice management software. 
PayDC is fast, easy, and affordable to use. PayDC will significantly help you improve your practice in three main areas. Number one, it will help you reduce the amount of time needed for training. Number two, it will help you increase your revenues, both from insurance companies and your patients. And number three, the system is based on federal law, improving the quality of your documentation and helping you tell a better story of how you care for your patients. This episode is sponsored by Infinity. In the modern age of electronic data interchange, Infinity is committed to helping clinicians get paid fast so that they can spend less time tracking claims and more times with patients. As a pro advocate for the healthcare industry, we create tools that make sense for electronic claim processing and business analytics. Couple that with superior support team, and we strive to ensure that your business is performing at its best. Infinity, committed to the future of claim processing. Down, down, down. Let's slow it down. With the hot data jocks of talk, Ooh. it's Tech Talk. And we're back. It's Tech Talk. Today, our guest, Mr. Ian Altman, world-renowned speaker, world-renowned uh, author, book writer, just uh, just an amazing gentleman. I did a lot of research on you before I got on the air here with you, and I was very impressed. Listen to a couple of your podcasts, your true hardcore podcaster. Uh, yeah. and, hey, Brad, uh, some people might call that stalking. <laughs> well, I try to learn just a little bit so I don't seem like a complete juggler or idiot uh, when we are live but uh, you know you you have a lot of things that carry across many different uh, professions I know we're today our audience is mainly chiropractic but some of the things that that I quickly looked at some of the leadership statements I, I noticed one that really caught my attention questions are more powerful than facts and you were alluding to that just a little bit ago, and and I am a firm believer in asking questions, finding out the direction that you need to go. So, can you elaborate on that just a little bit more? Why do you ask? No, just kidding. It's, <laughs> so, 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 so one of the one of the one of the things is that, and what what I mean by that is, you can have all of the facts at your disposal. But the fact that you have that information and you believe it doesn't mean your client or patient does. Hmm. And so oftentimes people make the assumption. So, for example, in a, in a chiropractic practice, easily the chiropractor could come and diagnose somebody and say to them, look, so what you should do is you should come in twice a week for the next six weeks. And the assumption is, well, the chiropractor knows, well, following that protocol is going to work well. The chiropractor also knows, well, that gives me good recurring revenue that I can plan for going forward. We also know, unfortunately, that a lot of patients don't fall through with that protocol. So how yeah. might they do that differently? They might say, so when people come into our practice and when they have this condition, there's a couple different ways they can approach it. They can either take the approach of, hey, how do I solve this problem in, in an acute sense so I feel a little bit better? It may recur in the future, but I know that you know my initial discomfort is going to go away. Other people come in and say, "Look, I, I not only do I want this to go away, I don't want it to come back." And so I'd have different recommendations based on that. Which approach should we be taking? And now the patient says, "Like if you were the patient, Brad, and I laid that out, what are you going to say?" 
Oh, you're asking that question. Well, you, you know, how, I'm sorry. How, you know, how's the treatment going to affect me? How come you know exactly the number of sure. visits it's going to take, and, and, sure. and what, what, what are say, in those and, visits? Yeah. yeah. And so, what I, what I might say, what I might say is, look, we've done a lot of research on this, and there's a couple different approaches. So, first thing I need to know, Brad, is if if we've got two approaches, one approach that says, look, we're just going to solve this quickly and be done with it, and it might recur, and another approach that is going to solve this long term. Which path should we follow for you? And now you're going to say, well, okay, I don't want this to come back. Okay, well, we've done research, and what we find is that if we have people come in once a week, it often takes about 12 to 14 weeks for that to be solved. If the, if the patient can come in twice a week, then oftentimes that could, that could drop down to five weeks, and guess what? The patient outcome is the same, but in most cases, and you can even give a percentage, in most cases, your issue is resolved and you're not, you're not likely to have it happen again in that five-week period. What do, what do you think? And now, so if I, was, if I was talking to Jay, it'd be like, oh, well, okay, that's fine. All right. So if we want to take that five-week approach, that means you'd be coming in twice a week, would schedule you. Here's the treatment plan that we would go through for that. How comfortable are you with that approach? So now what's happened is I'm asking questions, so I'm getting their buy-in on each step through the process, as opposed to, okay, well, we're gonna schedule you for um, twice a week. And what happens is there are certain industries that are notorious for people not trusting them greatly. One is used car sales. One is anyone selling anything else. (laughs) <laughs> and another one is people in chiropractic practice, okay? So, so the idea is that we have to take extra steps so that people realize that we're not doing things that are just in our interest, but things that are in their interest. And so what I mean by that notion of questions are more valuable than facts is the notion that oftentimes the chiropractor is thinking, well, no, no, you got to come in twice a week because, uh, you know, A, it's better for my practice, and B, it's better for your outcome. First of all, they don't care about what's better for our practice, so that's irrelevant, no. right? right? But instead, if I get them bought in that says, there are two different paths we can take, which one do you want to take? And now they've opted into the one that is going to lead towards additional treatment, that's fine. And we have to be open to the fact that if someone says, you know what, I'm really just trying to get this initial piece to go away. It's, it's kind of interesting for me, if, if I'm going to a practice, my initial thing is I want the initial problem to be resolved and I want to know what I need to do going forward because I'm in a unique circumstance and that I'm married to a physical therapist. So if I know what the exercises are and I'm doing them, rest assured there's someone within a foot of me who says, you're not doing it right. <laughs> you got to do it this other way. This is not complete. Yeah, when you go in, you got to ask me about this because you're not getting full range of motion on this and you're wimping out on it. Okay, honey, that's great. You know, I thought when I married a physical therapist, I would have a lifetime of massages not so much. I have a lifetime of directives about what exercises <laughs> I should be performing. I say my back is sore. She says, you're not doing enough core exercises. I'm like, I just wanted a massage. I will then just say that. <laughs> oh my That's God, pretty funny. Well, that. in that sense, what you're doing is you're bringing the patient along. You're involving them and educating them at the same time and letting them have some control over their decisions. And that that's true in business. You know, Ian, I'm not a chiropractor. I'm a business guy. I'm a a data technology guy. 
and and Jay and I are on sort of the same mission, and it just happens to be in healthcare. But you know, I try to use that same approach. Everybody tells me, "Hey, how come it is when I turn an angry client over to you or a frustrated client?" everything's just easy squeezy because one i'm the guy that can make anything happen you know and 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 usually the customer knows that two i ask those questions what and really one big question is what can i do for you today to help you and when you start the conversation out that way man it takes them usually from an escalated and they're and they're frustrated is all really it is to the point that they're not frustrated and somebody has actually said i'm going to help you whatever it takes and and i sort of view that as the as asking that question making those statements to involve them to find out what do you need to do to solve the problem And, and brad one of the one of the things that we have to recognize also is that in most businesses and in think about it in chiropractic care as well as for any business that's selling into a chiropractor true or false more often than not, the client or patient doesn't know what their real underlying problem is that they need help with. So the risk sometimes we say, well, what do you need help with today? They're probably gonna give us the wrong information. But if we say to them, for example, if I was someone selling into a chiropractic practice and I had, let's say, practice management software or something like that, I wouldn't lead with, hey, you know, I want you to take a look at our chiropractic practice you know, management software because guess what, they probably already have something already and they're not aware of even needing something else. But if instead, if you said, so the biggest frustration that we hear from chiropractors, it usually comes in one of three categories. It's either this, this, or that. How common do you think those are? And the, and the chiropractor goes, oh, all three of those are huge for us. Now I get something to talk about. But right. if I ask them, you know, people are often taught to ask a question that's an open-ended question, like what keeps you up at night? And the problem is, if someone asks the question like what keeps you up at night they could say oh my dog licks himself and now what do you got <laughs> like you don't have a solution for that so it's like well now what do you do uh, uh, what else keeps you up at night oh my neighbor's really loud um so is there anything associated with your back neck or like extremities that like, and you're fishing for stuff instead of right. hey a lot of people over this age they wake up and they have this discomfort this discomfort that discomfort and they think they just have to live with it how common do you think yeah. that is? And the person goes, I have that. Yeah, the frustrating thing is a lot of people don't even know there's something they can do about that. And then you don't even have to say anything else. And they'll be like, there's something you can do about that? There is. You know, how big of a problem is it for you? I mean, I've been worried about that for the last two years. Okay, well, if we had an approach that would solve that, how open would you be to coming into having us take a look? Oh, yeah, I'd totally be open to that. But it's about identifying the problems that we solve and then there's a whole other aspect for how do we differentiate our business and have it stand out from others that we can get into in the next segment. Yeah, That's great. I just want to say one thing. I think it's really important. I mean, Ian, you're obviously a natural at this. You, you know this really well through all of your research and, and the work that you do with companies. But when you're asking questions, don't be a tool. Don't do it just because you heard it on a podcast and it's your new script. Like, you, Ian, you're authentic. Like, you actually give a flying fuck about the answers that you're, you're really trying to understand your clients or your potential clients. And I think it's really important for, you know, the folks that are listening out there, don't just follow a script because it's great it's great words like you have to literally authentically care like brad said hey how can i solve your problem i know brad i know brad wants to solve that problem he only gets like one every decade because he runs an amazing company but like he truly wants to solve the problem so when you ask these questions people 
really fucking care about it, be mean authentic, it, it. Yeah, and really want, the an- really want to know the answer, not because it's going to lead you down a path and, of and, five more visits. And, and Jay, one other thing is this. In that example where, where I said, well, look, so you're just trying to solve this short term or long term so it just it goes away, you never have to deal with it again. Be open to the fact that they might give the answer that you wouldn't give. That's so right. if someone That's says right. to you, you know what, I'm just trying to make it so that I can get back to work and I can't afford to be here, you know, the, the co-pay is too high, this and that, great, serve their needs right now. Amen. And guess what? Those people will be, back. anytime they have an issue in the future, they're going to come back. Yep. Bring anytime, them back. Anytime a friend needs a referral, they're going to refer them to you. There's a story I write about in Same Side Selling about a car dealership near us that sells high-end used cars. And I was about to buy a... Um, for lack of a better term, an exotic car that I was. I, I came home. My son was like, you know, jumping around the yard, like this will be awesome. I love this. This is great. And the guy who owns the dealership, I came back already, like, okay, I'm done. And he said, "Are you thinking about using this as like your everyday car?" So yeah, I'm gonna drive this all the time. Yeah. So if you do that, this type of vehicle, you're gonna spend fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year just on maintenance. Wow. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. I had the sense you didn't know that, and I don't want you buying this if that's the case. So he lost, uh, you know, a decent sized sale on that car. Um, he's probably to this point. I think he can only point to about two million dollars in referral business that I've sent him <laughs> from people where I say you can trust this guy, hundred percent. He's going to give you the straight scoop, no no doubt about it. I don't think that people realize how valuable that is. Yeah. And so that time when you tell somebody, yeah, you don't really need this. I think you can take care of this on your own and be okay. That's going to lead to so much business down the road that you can't be focused on what you're going to earn this minute and lose sight of what you're going to earn over the next five or 10 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great point. Hey, guys, we need to take another break. And, you know, Jay, the most intelligent yes. guys in tech talk, healthcare technology, it's the data doc and talk. Dr. Jay Greenstein, I'm Brad Cost. We're talking with Mr. Ian Altman. Come on back in a minute. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Jay Greenstein. This is Jay Greenstein. With me today is Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay Greenstein. The world around us and healthcare specifically is changing at an exponential pace. Chiropractic is perfectly positioned like we have never been right now today to be more successful and to be more impactful for the communities and patients that we serve. There are all sorts of evidence-based guidelines that, that support the use of non-pharmacological approaches. But what I want America to know is that health doesn't come from a pill. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers to educate the community about the evidence that exists. We really need to have a private practice app, something that will help us engage with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. The intersection of technology and quality care is where the future of healthcare is at, and I'm really excited to bring that forward in the future. As a Cairo Health USA provider, we're excited to work with you to identify which of your discounts are good, bad, or illegal. Most chiropractors bend over backwards to make their care affordable. Unfortunately, dual fee schedules, false claims, inducement violations, and time of service discounts can all put you at risk. And, no offense, everybody's doing it doesn't work with auditors. At Cairo Health USA, we're here to help protect and grow your practice. Just listen to our provider stats. 20% overall practice growth versus 2019. Over 50% of CHUSA patients renew their membership year after year. 
Over 2,500 patients per month use our provider's search directory to find a CHUSA provider. At Cairo Health USA, our purpose is simple. It's to improve the quality of life for our doctors, their teams, and their patients. With over 5,000 providers and nearly a million patients, Cairo Health USA is the network that works for chiropractic. For more information, call 888-719-9990 or visit www.chirohealthusa.com. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. Welcome back. It's Tech Talk. Ian, uh, our guest, Mr. Ian Altman. Ian, we were talking a little bit as you in the first segment about being a business, being an owner, manager of some technology businesses, I believe. But we've got a lot of uh, docs out there that are getting into businesses, entrepreneurial technology kind of businesses. What what advice could you give? What what was one of the mo- more difficult complex things that you ran across trying to be a business owner that you could pass on uh, advice to our audience you know what it's it's some of it is lessons that i learned on my own and some of those lessons i didn't learn until later when i was helping other businesses and it became more obvious it's like i remember as a kid growing up and i played baseball and i had a great arm great glove never could hit well and i learned to hit well when I was in college and I was coaching a little league team and teaching people how to hit, and I'm th- all of a sudden I was like, how come no one ever taught me this? So I, I actually learned a lot more after the fact in helping other businesses. Obviously, I grew a business to a pretty good size. We didn't mess up everything. But I, I think that the biggest mistake I see most businesses make is they focus too much on what they do rather than the problems that they solve. And I know that sounds trite and very simplistic, but if you look at the reviews of same side selling, some of my favorite reviews are people that say, it just seems so simple. Like, well, this could this really work because it's so simple? And in fact, it does. And it's mostly because it's looking at the world through the client's lens rather than your own. So as soon as we get into any sort of business, we see everything through that lens. And we have to shift and always say, what would our client or patient be experiencing at this stage, this stage, or that stage? How would they experience this? Why would they need this? What would happen if they didn't have that? And that's the type of dialogue that people need to have. So first it's having that focus, and then it's having a consistent process in your organization so that anybody who interfaces with your organization gets the same message. Because here's what happens. If the client gets a different message from two different people, you're thinking, well, who do they believe? The answer is neither of them. Neither. They just think they're full of it. So it's like, okay, these people are full of shit. So I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, I, I, I went to, I went, I, I, my doctor prescribed some physical therapy. I went to this other practice and because I was just too stupid to go, hey, Jay, you know, uh, can, can I get into your practice? Yes, so you were was, too stupid. Yes. Yeah, there, was, there, there was a practice that was like a half mile from my house. I went in there. The person had all the right credentials. Keep in mind, my wife's a physical therapist. The person had all the right credentials, and it was totally obvious that all they were focused on was, how do I minimize the time with the patient? How do I maximize the number of visits? Right. It had nothing to do with patient outcome. They were having to do exercises that had nothing to do with the, with the condition that I had going on. I, I was in their office for maybe 30 minutes on the first visit. I come home, and Deborah says, well, what happened? Was there a problem with the scheduling? I'm like, no, I'm back from the appointment. She goes, 
there is no way someone did a proper eval in your home already. It's, right. it's, it's physically impossible. And so, of course, and, and, um, and Dr. J would prefer that I not plug his practice, but I'm doing it anyhow. I went to his practice. The first visit, I was there for, I think it was an hour and a half. And one, one of his docs, I mean, it was just Dr. so Sheldon, exhaustive yeah. in terms of, and I don't mean exhausting, so thorough in his analysis. And then, and then the chiropractic assistant walked me through different exercises. And it was expectation management and here's what's going to feel better and here's what may not and here's how things take time etc and here's the process and here's how you should do x y and z and oh you're going to be on the road here's this app so you know how to do these exercises properly you can't come in it's just one way i was being the condition was being treated through the lens of the patient the other way was well how do i increase billing in my practice and i think that's something that people miss and here's the irony if you treat the patient or the client and deliver great outcomes, all the other stuff takes care of itself. Right, absolutely. If you're focused on how do I generate revenue instead of how do I deliver results for my clients, that's where your reputation's in the toilet. And more than anything else, you're selling trust. Yep, 100%, that was brilliant. And I appreciate the shout out and I'm, I'm, glad, that, I'm glad that we met your expectations. <laughs> so that, because you know, we, we wanna do that. Um, for you, you may and for have everybody exceed else. him, but I don't want to be too flowery. <laughs> <laughs> and, Thanks, Ian, and Ian, there's no question Jay is special. Oh, yeah, we've often said He's that, but, but it's in quotes. Yeah, I didn't do exactly. that, but you did. Air quotes. Um, so, Ian, so um, I want to I ask you a couple questions about first, how can you know our colleagues learn more? Like, I know that you've got this great platform that you've built. Um, tell, tell docs how they could learn more about same-side selling. Um, so it's really tricky. You go to samesideselling.com. I know that's, <laughs> that people can never figure that out. So samesideselling.com will get you to it. It actually redirected what's called the Same Side Selling Academy. And so I, I was very fortunate in that about four months before this global pandemic, you've heard about this global pandemic, before that hit. What? What's, what's the um, pandemic? What? Be, before this global pandemic hit, I launched this platform called the Same Side Selling Academy. The idea was, well, not everyone can get on a plane and fly to a place to learn these skills. So how can I build this environment online? Well, now it's ranked as one of the top five sales development programs globally. I used to run a software company I mentioned before, so it's somewhat over-engineered. So there's a lot of stuff that people can do. Here are, here are the core principles of how to implement Same Side Selling. Um, here's how you deal with different types of objections. And then we do a monthly, what's called the coach's corner, where it's live coaching for people. And what I wow. find is that most online learning sites don't have anything that is live and interactive, which means people have access to a whole bunch of stuff that they never use. And mm -hmm. what we find is the people who come in, come to the live coaching session once a month, everything's recorded and transcribed and broken into little bite-sized segments those are the people who get the greatest benefit. So we start every session with, tell me about something that you used in the past month. Every single month we have people talking about, well, I had this deal that I thought was dead and now we used what we talked about last month and here's what happened. And then we do these cohorts, typically centered around specific industries where we say, okay, we're gonna spend an hour a week for six or seven weeks showing you how to implement same-side selling throughout the organization. And that's something that and we've done across different industries. We haven't done it in chiropractic yet, but it's something um, that we've done in different let's industries. Let's do it, man. 
What's yeah, that? Yeah, let's do chiro- let's do chiropractic, man. Come you on. You know what? If there's enough interest to do it, we'll do it. All right. So, like, folks, reach out to me or Brad, and let's let's make this happen because that would be an amazing, amazing journey to go on with you, Ian. I would love to do that. Yeah, it's you know what it's 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 one of the most rewarding things I get to do because we can really move the needle. There are some people in the insurance industry we did this with. And the people went oh, you through mean the, the liars, pigs, and thieves? Those people, the health What's insurance it? companies. Hopefully, hopefully not the health insurance companies. No, no, the not liars, the health pigs, and thieves company. that they are. Property, these are property casualty companies where oh, more they're than okay. they're fine. You know, they, they more than double their growth rate in one year. The people went through versus the people who didn't. We've done wow. this in in the construction industry. We've done it in the software industry, different industries, and the results. I'm hyper focused, as you know, on results. It's something I tell my clients to focus on with their clients. It'd be kind yep. of hypocritical if I didn't do it. And so it's interesting. When I speak on a stage and there's thousands of people, we make an impact, but I don't always see what the impact is. When mm-hmm. people go through this cohort and I stay in touch with them, that's when we start to see, oh, this is cool. This really made a difference for this organization. And it's people who oftentimes are novices. So you might get someone who's a new chiropractor who is technically brilliant, but is uncomfortable selling their services, uncomfortable getting referrals. Um, yep. Like, well, I don't know, how do I talk to this patient about coming in this many times? Well, it's just yes. about learning and practicing, and then it becomes easy. I mean, I'm sure the first time someone is doing an adjustment, they're a little bit nervous. So how do they get good at it? Well, they practiced it. And they're like, oh, I'm not gonna kill this person. Okay, I can do this again. <laughs> but the first couple of times, it's like, okay, now you're gonna do this. And the person, you know, their, 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 co- their, their colleague is like, I hope this guy doesn't screw this up because it could be over. <laughs> Exactly. Dude, I, I would love to do a chiropractic cohort. I think that would be super fun. We have not only chiropractors that I think would benefit, but also other companies that serve the industry. We have some right. great companies in chiropractic, like Brad's. Yeah, so um, let's make that happen. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know what? Like I said, I do it all demand-driven. So people always ask, when do you do these? I'm like, when there's people who want to do it. So there's, there's one we're doing in another industry um, starting in about a month where it was just you know, there were six or seven companies reached out and said, would you do this? And I said, sure. And I maxed it out at 12 companies. So mm-hmm. if there's 20 companies, we'll do two cohorts because what I feel is that I can't get enough individualized attention for people if there's more than 12 companies. And they can have multiple people per company, it's fine. But for each organization, that's fine. But 12 organizations is fine because what we're trying to do is help people differentiate. So we also try to not get people who are in the same market so if it's mm-hmm. two chiropractors and we're gonna teach one how to totally differentiate themselves, we don't want their competitors across the street to be in the same cohort, because it's right. like, you know, then it's not gonna be as effective. But it's more like, okay, here's this approach that is gonna make you stand out head and shoulders above the competition. And it's everything from content marketing to, you know, how you position yourself to how do you handle those conversations. It's taking people through the entire process step by step and holding their hand. Because if I told people, yeah, you could find all this stuff in the academy on your own. They're not likely to do it. When we hold their hand through the process, that's when it moves the needle. 100%. I love it, man. And that's really needed in this profession. There's no question about that. Uh, takes motivation. And, and you've got an older generation, new generation, and there's a lot of difference sometimes in the backgrounds of where they came through. Uh, you know, I find the newer guys really aggressive to learn to do it better, to be a bigger part of the picture and uh very open to that sometimes the older not all the older guys i don't mean that by any means but 
you know, they're sort of set in their ways. They've gone down that path. They've been beat up enough times, and uh, they've sort of given up. But anyway, I think that'd be a great thing to do, Jay. Well, it, it would be. And keep in mind, yeah, Brad, they might just be comfortable. They, you know, yeah. the people have been doing this a sure. long time say, you know what? Sure. I, I've developed this lifestyle based on the business I have. I'm totally fine. But they may have brought in someone who's newer in the industry who they envision is going to take over their practice. And that person's thinking, okay, yeah, I don't want to buy this existing practice because there's enough there. And if all of a sudden they see, okay, here's where I can grow this practice and I can double or triple it with integrity, now all of a sudden they're onto something. It's like, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take over this book of business. I'm going to grow this thing threefold. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's a win for everybody because the people who are doing it right and the people who are doing it well that's who's going to benefit from this. The people who are running, you know, kind of a snake oil shop, we don't want them in the program, right? Yeah. But if they're, nope. if they're if they're delivering results, if they're if they're doing research based work, if they're focused on outcomes, those are the people we can move the needle. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Well, Jay, it's that time of the day again. I know this time oh, today man. with Ian has just Fast. flown by, and. Uh, yeah. But it is the end end of the day time. But I want to, before we go on, we usually talk college football about this point in time, but that's over till the fall. <laughs> and But, you know, if they're not getting enough of you and I uh, here in a couple of weeks, they can join our lectures, uh, the Florida Chiropractic Association, our buddies there, the Northwest Conference, February yep. 5th and 6th, I believe, Friday and Saturday, Panama City. Uh, you and I are teaching two classes together, how to yep. incorporate technology into your practice. And then our favorite one, which is the ethics on technology, which was a lot of fun the last time where we got people up uh, really biting back and forth at each other, trying to understand. And, and it was a great avenue and venue for doing that. I hope we can recreate that um, on uh, Saturday. But if you're in Florida, if you're part of the FCA or you're somewhere surrounding, come join Jay and I for one of our classes. The overall conference is great. It's put on by Deb and the other ladies there at FCA. They do a great job doing that. And uh, I look forward to spending a few days with you and catching up and uh, having a good time in Panama City. Yeah, man. And before we leave, Ian, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, the easiest place is, so for starters, if you Google Ian Altman, I think I might be the only hit that comes up for the first four pages. So that that should be easy. It's just I-A-N-A-L-T-M-A-N. Wow, it's that's differentiation, Ian, bro. That's differentiation. Either either IanAltman.com or SameSideSelling.com. And feel free to connect to me if people reach out on LinkedIn. Just say, hey, heard you on Tech Talk. Um, as you might imagine, I get a few requests every hour or so on LinkedIn, and a lot of them are people where... You know, they're okay. just trying to sell me something. So if it's someone not who says, hey, I got a question about this and that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so any, anything, like if people have questions like, hey, how would I do this? How would I do that? It often gives me good ideas for my podcast. So reach out with any questions and um, always happy to connect with people. You know what? I've known you for a very long time, but I really hope the audience can also hear the big heart that you have. Um, you've used important words like integrity and that's like you epitomize that my friend and I just feel very blessed and thankful that you joined us today likewise Jay thanks so much Jay Brad thanks brother you guys are awesome I, I you know not in any particular order but you're both awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's okay it was great it was great meeting you today I've enjoyed the last 30 minutes being with you 
but we'll post this on our Facebook page, your contact information on the Facebook page, and um, we'll see what we can generate for you on that. Jay, it's been good. I look forward to it yeah, every week uh, and look forward to seeing you in the near future. From my Sounds co-host, great. Dr. Jay Greenstein, the data doc of talk, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all. And the data doc of talk is Tech Talk.